Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and every Monday, Alicia Del Valle. How are we doing, beautiful people? Good. Wow. Am I, I know Alicia's yeah. doing well. No, I know no, no. It was a good weekend, yeah. for sure. We wanted to hear from you first. That's oh. why we... we yeah, 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 Alicia, yeah, yeah. we do have to start, so we will tweet this out from the account. I mean, that is a fire t-shirt you're wearing. You oh. are a, a, a champion. By the way, Los Angeles... Listen, the teams have not been playing well right now, but we do have to recognize over the past two years, the Lakers winning a championship, the Dodgers winning a championship, the Rams winning a championship in the Los Angeles Football Club. Newest members, Alicia, you were there at the bank. What was the atmosphere like? It was insane. And if you guys caught the end of it, it was too much. It It was was too much. I couldn't handle it. My stomach. But it was so worth it. And the vibe there, again, I know I said this last week when we won the playoff game, but... Carlos Vela lifting the cup yeah. was worth every, worth all of my uh, stress and, <laughs> and uh, emotional eating and maybe drinking. It was worth it. It yeah. was so worth it. Congratulations to LAFC on their first cup. And I'm sure it's just the first of many because well, this organization is all in. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about the ticket prices too, because I think a lot of people were wondering like, okay, how much is this one of the main attractions in LA now? And I think uh, the prices for that game were indicative of the fan base, right? In Los Angeles, that's, you know, gaining every single year, right? I mean, it was such an expensive ticket, but again, it it is the Super Bowl of their season, right? It was the championship game, but it is unlike any other sporting event in Los Angeles. And I've tried to describe it to people, and I don't yeah. care if you don't like soccer. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's almost like you're transported. Those fans, they stand the entire time. They, they chant the mm-hmm. signs, the smoke. It's, it's the incredible. The 3252. Yeah. How expensive are we talking about? Well, so for the championship game, tickets started, I mean, the week started at 600 and it went down to 300 which is still a the lot of money. The get-in price. The get-in price. Sorry, Whoa. exactly. The Just to get a standing room ticket. Um, but again, you want to be a part of the, yes. the atmosphere. Yeah. It's the experience. It yeah. really is. And if you look around that stadium, the Bank of California, which is beautiful, beautiful. and it's yeah. it's made to look like a European stadium, right? It's gorgeous. And then the views of oh, yeah. da- downtown LA, USC, I mean, all, it's it's a 360. It's gorgeous. But again, that the, the chanting, the pyrotechnics, the yeah. drums, it's nonstop. They never sit to the 3252. So I'm, I'm starting to get into MLS more sure. and 
one more. What mm-hmm. is the uh, LAFC versus LA Galaxy in this city? Uh-oh. What What is this that? This is a great <laughs> question because, again, when they began, I said this is going to be a tough climb for them because usually in this market we have two teams. We have the number one team and the number two team, and it's very defined. It's the Lakers and then the Clippers. It's the Dodgers and the Angels, the Kings and the Ducks, and you go down the list. Amazingly, I think this team really harped on the fact that we are in downtown Los Angeles. Yes. We are in Los Angeles. We are right by the Coliseum. We were right by USC. That other team, they're in Carson. That being said, the Galaxy won five cups. Yes. I mean, they are the most successful, most prominent American soccer team. And when you look at their history, Landon Donovan, David Beckham, Robbie Keane, I am amazed that the Los Angeles Football Club, even prior to this championship, really established themselves as this city's soccer team. It's incredible. Because they did it the non-traditional way. They were on the ground, grassroots, recruiting their fan base. They didn't do billboards. They didn't do buses. None of that traditional. They literally gathered you one by one. They 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 are very uh, prominent in the community, too. You know, the very next morning after winning the Cup, three of the champs showed up to collect toys and wow. canned goods at a, a, a park. Like, they are very community-oriented. So they they walk the walk, they talk the talk. There, the problem with the galaxy, yes, their greatness, five cups, we get it. But this is Hollywood. This is LA. What have you done for me lately? They went many years not taking care of their fan base, not putting out a product, not even courting new fans. I felt like they. I feel. Like the Galaxy kind of sat back on their laurels and mm. just assumed we are the greater team. And now they're paying yeah. for it because they're, they've changed it up that, since because of LAFC. Exactly. And that happens in all the, I don't think people realize like that's Los Angeles. It's about mm-hmm. now. Like people even forget the Lakers won a championship three years ago. Everyone's <laughs> talking about this season, right? And I think that's By the why. Way, it was two years ago. You're 100% prepared. Yeah. 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 People totally <laughs> forgot about that. And I get it was 2020. It was during the pandemic, but it's like they, they won a championship. Arguably the toughest championship ever won by some exactly. uh, some analysts, uh, you know, no fans, obviously locking in in the bubble. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. say, oh, no fans. Like, that didn't matter. The it Lakers were the best team in the, the NBA. That, yeah, yeah. Didn't, did not help the Lakers. And they didn't have home court advantage, right? Exactly. Um, but I think that's why there's the Lakers are reluctant to, uh, you know, rebuild right now, despite you know all the all the quote embarrassments that they, that they've had the past couple of seasons you know you could from the gm perspective the long term move right is to trade anthony davis lebron james rebuild get your draft picks back but that's not the los angeles way it's about now and we saw that with the rams it paid off for them last season yes. and now it's you know but they won a super bowl so it yes. doesn't right <laughs> so like and the lakers won a championship so those were all the right moves and i think you know it, they're unfairly criticized for for their decisions over the past couple of years all of the los angeles teams but that's what you got to do in a city yeah. like this, right? You have to win now. And it's about <laughs> trying to put your p- team in a position to win every single season. But you want to talk about superstars. I mean, you want mm. to talk about Hollywood. That game was generally viewed now as one of the greatest games in Major League Soccer history. <laughs> but Carlos Vela gets replaced by Gareth Bell, two of the biggest stars mm. in soccer. What was the atmosphere like as... They tie the game. It goes into overtime. Penalty kicks. I mean, again, the drama was next level. It was oh, crazy. Th- that's just it. It was like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the Hollywood reference. You take Okay, so the goalie gets his leg broken. Exactly. I'm right? Crazy. Yeah. And then the backup goalie comes in and allows, a, um, allows Philadelphia to tie it up. And so our hearts are like, oh, no. 
boom, we go to penalty kicks, and that is why the goalie is now the MVP That's because amazing. he blocked what he needed to block, and that allowed the drama. It's like, I mean, I, the World Cup is coming. It felt like that magnitude. The yeah. World Cup is the World Cup. Okay, it's don't come at but me. Yeah. However, that it had just that vibe of like intense, like the sky is falling. And yeah. once he, once our goalie, LAFC's goalie rather, blocked that first kick, it's like our hopes went right back up and you can feel it. The, the, the energy was palpable. Like you can just feel it, taste it. And they delivered and the beer and the That's champagne right. and, you know, you had Magic Johnson. I, I saw Lon Rosen By the way, out there. Magic Johnson yeah. <laughs> now has won a championship with four professional wow. teams. I did not know that with he's the, With the Lakers, of course, we know that. With the Dodgers, part donor, Sparks, part owner, and the Los Angeles Football Club, right. part owner. Alicia touched on this. It is very important for all teams in this community to connect with the with the Latino market. The Latino market is so important. Some teams, and I'm not going to mention which ones, kind of do it because that they have to. What is the difference with this team? From day one, they connected with the community to the point where you feel like this is your team. Well, again, though, it's not just the Latino community. Yeah. If you look around the bank, it's all of Southern California. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I'll give it. So where I sat, well, I didn't really sit. I, where You're I stood, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the gentleman and his girlfriend next to me were from, they're Persian, from Iran. Oh, nice. The people in front of me were South Bay, uh, USC grads, okay. total blue, beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyes. And then everyone else to my right and behind me were Latinos. And I just thought to myself, this is L.A., yeah. you know, and then I, I uh, ran into a friend that flew down from the Bay Area and we knew each other from USC and he's a big time. Um, he, he's really involved with the media, but his his uh, target is the Asian American community. So these are just all LEFC fans, yeah. you know, and that's just the few people I know that go to the games faithfully. Now, do they do? I just feel like numbers are numbers and we are the majority minority here. So you're going to have, you know, a, a, a pretty uh, loud fan base. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should talk about this, but there was a couple that was, <laughs> was uh, supposed to be in Europe. Okay. And this Latino couple, and they cried about missing their first trip to Europe because they didn't want to miss this game. Wow. They both had uh, LEFC tattoos, and they were it was worth it, wasn't it? Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, I just but well, I don't know. You, if I, you can't you can't uh, predict what's going to happen. So if they miss this trip and right. their team lost, trying to watch thing. it in Europe. I guess it turned out they <laughs> missed their trip and they saw one of the greatest games mm -hmm. of all time and their team won history. the championship. Oh, history. historical championship! Congratulations to LAFC and their organization because they just do it right. Yeah, they do it right. I don't know what it is. But they're doing it right, and I it's I don't think it's the end. They just no. are in it to win it. They're they're in it, unlike uh, some quarterbacks that we can talk about later. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the other uh, teams in Los Angeles that, that are not doing so well. Let's start off with the Lakers again. We thought like after two home wins, back to back wins at home, Russell Westbrook off the bench, maybe this could be the turn turning point of the season. Clearly not. What isn't different is Russell Westbrook is extremely. Uh, competent very good like maybe like arguably the best player on the team <laughs> like as the six man the rest of the team though it's once again hot garbage and i and i we were very high on them like after two games where do we stand now with the los angeles lakers they just played arguably the two best teams in basketball the utah jazz 
felt like it did, they didn't miss a shot on Friday. And then yesterday, you're playing a team that, in my opinion, I know what the Bucks have done. I know what Boston looks like, but I think that this is the best team in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. It's not so much about the Lakers this weekend. Their schedule, the only team under 500 they've played so far, do you know who that is? No. Golden State. It's and that amazing, was on opening right? night. They've had a ridiculously difficult schedule. Now, when you look at the Lakers roster, the issue going into the season is the same issue that it was now. The only difference is Russell Westbrook is actually a part of the big three. Yeah. But after the big three, it's a G League team. It really is a G League team. Austin Reeves, Kendrick Nunn, Juan Toscano Anderson. None of these guys would get any minutes anywhere else. God bless Wenyan Gabriel's soul, but he he's not doing anything out there. He's just he's in there to hustle and scrap. Lonnie Walker is the fourth guy, but he's so hit or miss and he can't shoot. So when you look at the roster, there's so much emphasis on the big three to produce. And then I know that we were talking about LeBron. At some point, he's going to shoot better. He's shooting 21% from three. In his rookie season, that was his lowest mark, 29%. Wow. Other than his rookie season, he's never shot under 30% from three. It's going to happen. What I think it is personally, he added a little bit of bulk in the offseason, and it's, it's taking it's it's an adjustment yeah. period for his well, job. That hasn't, that hasn't affected Desmond Bain. That's true. <laughs> Desmond Bain's that dude. I think, talk about one of the more underrated players in the NBA. I'm just giving Desmond Bain his flowers. I love that guy. Built himself from nothing. Not even a top draft pick. You know, turned himself in. When he came to the league, he was like a 34% three-point shooter. Now he's 50% from three. I just had to give him that. He's been playing better than John Morant and has those the Grizzlies as one of the scary teams in the Western Conference. Going back to the Lakers, Armand, the big problem is LeBron James. I, it, I hate to say it. Troy Brown's shooting better than I thought. He's playing better than I thought. We thought he was a bum. He's actually pretty good, and he plays elite defense. Lonnie Walker hits timely shots. The problem so far has been LeBron. 21, and I, that's an unpopular opinion. 21% from three, 14% from three over the past five games, turning the ball over at the highest rate of anybody with his usage percentage in the NBA. He's just not playing good basketball. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, maybe he will get better, but that's why they're two and seven. No one could have even imagined Russell Westbrook is now their best player. Imagine. What the heck is going on? Now, real quick, does that change things with the possible trade that this guy showing that he's still a productive Absolutely. player? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't trade him right now. You no, can't. No, no, but I, I, I still think that they want to. Could they? Does that help them one bit in terms of if trading they him or trade not? him, they get worse? Yeah. I don't understand why. Yeah, you would why even would you trade him? It. He's been like keeping them in games I'm himself. Still holding out hope for this heel Turner uh, trade. Is that not why? Is. That's not going to do anything. Okay. I think you have to start thinking about in a larger sample size. Of course, if he does this for twenty games, build around him. You you resign uh, him. Can you? Wait, did either of you ever think you would have this guy? No. Build never. around Russell. We never thought. <laughs> We'd have that larger We're not sample even 10 size. Games into the larger season. sample size. Okay. We need it, but the thing oh is, since he's come off the bench, he has not had one bad game. That's off true, the bench. and they've not stayed one. in every single game. And quite frankly, they were the better team against Cleveland for a half. Yeah. And again, it's allergic to the third quarter. I don't know what happens, and that was on LeBron. He yeah. literally was taking so many. It's like in, even in the Nuggets game and the the uh, Pelicans game. LeBron tried to lose them those two games by himself. <laughs> Literally did nothing to help those teams win except maybe the, the layup in overtime against the Pelicans. I, I mean, it, 
the problem is if LeBron plays better, this team can be legit, especially yeah. in a wide open Western Conference. Wait, but at this point, so that that trade that we were talking about does not help them. Like, if, I wouldn't if they, do it, okay, because Westbrook is literally and look, you could they, people say, yeah, shooting is their issue. It is right. They're still 29th in offensive rating, last and effective and true shooting percentage. But like, give more minutes to Matt Ryan. Give more minutes to guys that can actually hit shots and try and find shooters because, or trade Kendrick Nunn, who you thought would be a good shooter, Terrible. isn't even getting minutes <laughs> for another shooter. The biggest thing that I'm seeing with the Lakers in the last couple games is the defense that was supposed to be top five. It has fallen off. And the yeah. reason that it's fallen off, all the attention that we give to Russell Westbrook needs to be directed towards Pat Bev. Because oh, Pat terrible. Bev has not showed up for this Lakers team at all. And their perimeter defense, every guard is just getting into the paint yeah. and then either hitting a floater, throwing an alley-oop, or wide open three in the corner. And it's not going to stop because I don't think the Lakers have the perimeter defenders unless Pat Bev shows up. Who's going to stop anybody on this team? Every time they play a Donovan Mitchell, a Devin Booker, any elite guard, they are going to feast on the Lakers. But think about this. If LeBron just played this much better, Agreed. they win all of those games. And that's, that's why amazing. they're close. Right? That's why I can't quit them. Wow. Yeah, you can't. They could right. become a very elite team. I know their record isn't indicative of that, two and seven. But the West is wide open. Is Utah really going to go to the finals? I mean, maybe. I mean, that, I don't think so. Like, but to your guys' point, the West is completely wide open. The, 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 the two teams that I thought were head and shoulders above the rest, the Warriors and the I mean, Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, we called them the deepest team in the league. They're relying on one guy to win them games. One yeah. guy. Paul George is so much weight on his back. He must be have. He, he's going to get back surgery. But <laughs> how much he's like putting the team on his back and his shoulders like it's ridiculous we're at a crossroads with two very significant people in los angeles sports really quickly with with Kawhi. he's out indefinitely there's no timetable on him and now you have to think about a there's some concern of, of what Kawhi will come back because at some point he's gonna play this season he's only played in two games this year 20 minutes off the bench in both games at some point we have to realize he's coming up on two years uh, this is not something that's going to heal overnight. This is not something that, listen, he may take the court again, but is he going to be Kawhi? I mean, the reason that we thought Kawhi could help the Clippers is because he's going to be Kawhi. But the other person, and I want uh, Alicia to chime in on this, Sean McVay with the Rams. We have to realize that once they won the Super Bowl, Sean McVay really considered taking a job as a TV broadcaster, and that's not a step down. When you look at how much broadcasters are making now. Yeah. When you look at what's happening with the Rams, it's the second half with this team. They have been outscored 71 to 10 in fourth quarters. And Brandon, you talk about Kyle Shanahan. Alicia, what's up with Sean McVay? What's up with the Rams? Ah, okay, I was just here, what, last week, and I was all in with Sean McVay. I said, in Sean McVay, we trust. And now, looking at yesterday's game and hearing the people around, myself, the, the Rams fans I was with, it, we're, we look stale. We yeah. look predictable. You know, it, it, it's like the sky is falling. I get it. And just like you mentioned earlier, we forget that they are the Super Bowl champions. Until someone else wins, the Rams yeah. are the reigning. So it hurts even more to see them do what they did yesterday. You cannot give Tom Brady that much time at the end of the no, game. I don't think it's just that. I think Sean McVay has become one of the worst play callers in well, the NFL. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. So he, we, Tom Brady didn't win the game the Rams lost, lost the game I mean literally 100 and five you need a first you could down not get and, a first I mean, down everyone and everyone knew that they were going to run the football 
The, yeah. the Bucks did. Why don't you get creative and do a little jet sweep again to cup or like for. a little right? And, right. And it's and he took he took it on himself right after the game. He mentioned we got to look inward. We got to change things up. So hope, I mean, I'm assuming he does understand what everybody is. But saying. everyone's acting like this is new. He called two timeouts against the 49ers that should have cost him that game in the NFC Championship. He mishandled that game completely. And luckily, Stafford, Cup, all of their defense, Aaron Donald, like stood up you know yeah, played he, well he, i mean he's he's an overrated coach in my opinion smart guy but overrated and coach. you talked about that i mean because the the view of sean McVay changes if they lose that conference championship game yep. if that pick happens and all of a sudden he doesn't have a super bowl he's only gone to one he lost in the conference championship can't yep. beat san francisco I'm so fascinated with how we view Sean McVay if that play goes your way. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, and a lot of it is luck. You put your you put yourself in positions to win. You have the players, and sometimes it's just luck. We've seen that a lot with Tom Brady, who creates his own luck, right? We might see that with the Eagles this year, the 49ers. We don't know, but yes, Sean McVay really should have taken that um, announcing day. <laughs> no. <laughs> And as we go to break, the team that I am very fascinated by is the Chargers. We counted them out. They are hurt. They're still hurt, by the way. Keenan Allen's out. Mike Williams is out. They they don't talk about look a great. bad play caller. Yeah, <laughs> they they don't look good. But you know what? The difference between them and some of the the, the other teams in town, they find a way to win. So they they, they gut it out uh, a win against the Falcons. And so we're going to leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Fernando Ramirez, who covers the Chargers after this reporting tribute. When we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out now to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline. And here he is, the man on the Chargers you know him. You love him. Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Uh, I appreciate that, Arash. A warm welcome, as always. Uh, I'm good. Just uh, an interesting weekend in the NFL. Is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, are they dead? <laughs> are, uh, is, is, did Tom Brady just revive himself? And uh, and it's just it's so many interesting storylines after such an interesting NFL weekend, to be honest. 
Well, one of my favorite stories of the weekend that you chronicled on the Sporting Tribune is uh, the Chargers, the kicker. I had no idea who this guy was. Cameron Dicker. Yay. He had plans for Sunday. Uh, Fernando, t- t- tell us about this guy. It, it was so funny. So on uh, on Sunday, he uh, or, so he was on the Eagles week five. Kicked the game winner for the Eagles. They let him go. Now, over the weekend, gets signed by the Chargers, kicks the game-winning field goal, and, hey, Dustin Hopkins may come back next week. So it's kind of these things where the guy's just making game-winning kicks. And, uh, and and you know, it's funny. A lot of people on Twitter were having fun with his last name, slash, <laughs> um, slash like, they were just making, like, jokes and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, okay. We're kind of we're touching a touchy subject here. So <laughs> I thought that was uh, – uh, that was pretty funny. Wow, the Colts just named Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. I just saw uh, that, yeah. That is interesting. I, I Wow. Wow, I never thought that a player who just played five, four years ago will now be a head coach. But, yeah, no, that was that was the interesting part about Cameron Kicker is that um, uh, – Dicker, not Kicker. He goes in there, he makes uh, <laughs> he makes all those kicks, and, and, uh, and he won the game for them, so – that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty good um, outcome for the Chargers, uh, twenty to seventeen, and now they're five and three. And um, if Malik Willis would have helped them out last night and beat Kansas City, the Chargers would have been right there in a two way tie for first place. Where do the Chargers sit now? Because I, I think so many people, once they lost to Seattle and a few, I mean, th- there's been a few games where you, you're thinking, man, they're hurt, they're losing these games, their season's done. Not only is their season not done, they're keeping their head above water. Certain guys will will come back. And as yeah. we sit here right now, again, five and three, one game back of the Chiefs for, for first place. Give me the state of the uh, Chargers right now. You know, will they get Keenan Allen back? Will they get Mike Williams back? When will some of these guys come back? Well, the interesting part about Mike is that Mike always comes back a little bit earlier than what people predict. So who know? I mean, who knows when they'll get him back? He's been out for so he went out during the Seattle game. So he's basically had two weeks of rest so far. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe if they're lucky, they get him back for for um, for the Forty ers game. But I think it'll be more uh, maybe the Chiefs. I think that'll be the. I think that might be the game where Mike Williams comes back. Uh, when it comes to Keenan Allen, Keenan just. Man, he sounded so down this week when we talked to him, and he's like, he just—you can tell the frustration because Keenan obviously uh, is a little up there in age. He's thirty years old. Um, you can tell he's frustrated because when I talked to him earlier in the season, he thought this would be the year that they could put it all together. And um, and I don't know if you saw that graphic by NBC, but uh, the Chargers are the most injured team this season. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, but but relatively uh, last year. Brandon Staley had this team healthy. I mean, this team was basically healthy last year. It's just this year, for some reason, they fell uh, onto the injury bug again. But it's just, can you survive? These next four games, the next three games are going to be crucial. They're now one and zero in these next uh, four games. They need to either they need to go, they need to go two and two. If they can survive against either San Francisco, Kansas City, or um, or Arizona, and they go two and two. They get Keenan back. They get Mike back. They get Joey Bosa back. Then they'll be able to. Um, they'll be able to um, to kind of fight for that AFC for an AFC playoff spot. I mean, right now five and three is not bad 
It's just the fans around him are kind of nervous because of all the injuries that keep on happening. Last night, you lose Austin Johnson and you lose uh, Trey Pipkins. We'll know more today when we speak to um, to Brandon Staley about what those injuries look like. But it's just it just keeps on happening, and uh, and that, and that's uh, honestly the the problem. Hi, Fernando. This is Alicia here. Hi. I'm gonna bounce off the. It keeps happening. And what is going on with the Raiders? What is happening with the Raiders? <laughs> I mean, they're two and six. Is it Derek Carr? Is it the organization? I just see so many of my family members crying in their beers every weekend. <laughs> they were up 17 nothing. What happened? It's funny because I have friends who, uh, they, they're all into the conspiracy theory with the Raiders. They're like, oh, Josh McDaniels trying to take the season so he can get rid of Derek Carr. No, the Raiders are just that bad. Oh. And, that, and and this is the problem. And, and that's the problem that I've kind of, I've always had kind of with Derek Carr. So people don't believe me, but Derek Carr stares down receivers. He looks at receivers. When he has one big time receiver, he'll stare him down. He did the same thing with Darren Waller last year at the beginning of the season. With Darren Waller, he stared him down. Darren Waller, I think, had like 36 receptions in the first like three weeks of the season last year. And everybody's like, oh, wow, he's he's uh, he's really putting it on. Well, no, the Derek Carr just stares at him. And if he has no other avenues, he's just going to throw his way, throw, throw, throw. Well, right now, who does he have? Devontae Adams. So what's he doing? He's staring down Devontae Adams. And that's been a huge problem. Another thing is, too, they've kind of gone away from the run. I mean, Josh Jacobs was running the ball really well. They've kind of, uh, gone, um, they've kind of gone away from him a little bit. And then yesterday, your defense just couldn't get off the field. So that's been the problem also with the Raiders for years. They just have not been able to build a good defense. They haven't been able to put pieces around to, to build that defense and to be able to sustain any type of success. I mean, most of their corners are, are guys that were third, um, that were third, fourth, fifth string guys on other people's roster. And I'm not trying to take a shot. It's just, it's just the truth. And, um, and everybody thought Chandler Jones was going to be really good for them. Chandler Jones, obviously with the Patriots within Arizona, very good pass rusher here. He hasn't really done anything. And it's kind of been the Max Crosby show again, where it's him solo, um, getting up there and getting sacks and getting pressures. But once they start double teaming him, nobody else shows up. Well, Trevor Lawrence felt comfortable. And, uh, and obviously they couldn't stop the run either. ETN, Man, that kid, Travis Etienne, is, he's a monster. I mean, that kid is really, uh, really good. I think he's had five consecutive games of 100 rushing yards, and he scored a couple of touchdowns. So the kid's really impressive. But, yeah, no, definitely uh, the Raiders are, are, are hurting right now, and I, I don't think it's going to get any better either. Um, I, I think it's going to get uh, clinically – or it's going to get worse and worse, and then they're going to have to look in the offseason. Derek Carr's not their guy, and, I, and I'm just saying this from – I've seen it for years and years. People get excited about Derek Carr. He's just not their guy. They need to go find a quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if a certain quarterback from Tampa Bay made his way to Las Vegas uh, after the season um, because you have Devontae Adams. You have some nice pieces. Now, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe Tom Brady decides to come up to Vegas. Who knows with Josh McDaniels there. But, uh, but definitely uh, – they, but definitely Derek Carr is not their guy. They need to go find a new quarterback in the offseason. Fernando, that would be really, really cool to see. Um, I wanted to shift the focus to the NFC West. You have the Seahawks beating the Cardinals. They extend their division lead. The Rams lost, and you had the 49ers on their bye week. What do you think is going to happen the rest of the way with the NFC West, and who do you see taking it? I think the worst team is – I think Tyler Murray has – he got paid, and I know you're asking me what, what I think is going to happen, but 
he got paid, and now you, you're seeing all the weaknesses that Kyler Murray has. And I wonder if the if the Cardinals have buyer's remorse, and then they extended uh, Cliff Kingsbury in the offseason. You have Kyler Murray last week who starts fighting with Cliff Kingsbury. Then this week he's fighting with DeAndre Hopkins, and it's kind of like I know it's like it's, it's a player, coach, and player um, – like tussle, but still, you should not be. Uh, you shouldn't be. Uh, that's not a good look. But the rest of the way, I think it's going to be the 49ers against the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, now, if 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 Tom Brady wants to be a pal to Kyle Shanahan, they take care of Seattle this weekend uh, in Germany, and and obviously the 49ers would have to beat the Chargers. But um, but definitely, I think I think this is the 49ers division to lose. I know Seattle's in it. But I don't know. I don't know if Seattle can sustain this the whole season. I'd be surprised if they can sustain this the whole season. I mean, this is the this is the Forty ers division, and I feel like they're going to take control of it, especially because they're they're they've been injured and they're starting to get guys back. Uh, Jason Brett should be back, who's a cornerback. Who I know he's been often injured, but he's a really good corner. Um, there's some other pieces that obviously they're going to get back, and they're coming off their bye week, so they'll be healthy going into the Sunday night game against the Chargers this weekend. But I, I definitely believe it's the 49ers division to lose. And I, I think the Rams are out of it. I, I, you just see no – I don't want to say you don't see any heart. Yeah. You don't see any heart, but, like, it's just it, – you just don't see anything out of them. I mean, yesterday they should have came out of that game with a victory. And Tom Brady goes up to the podium and says, this is effing awesome. Like, he just <laughs> – it was just funny. But, but yeah, I think the Rams are – I think the Rams are kind of cooked. And, and I think it's really the 49ers division to lose. Fernando, let me ask you this. We know the Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles are all elite. Who are the five dark horses in the NFL that could get to the Super Bowl and win it? Give me five teams. Um, dang. Um, I'll give you I'll, – I'll say Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota is one, uh, one of those teams that has offense, they have defense. And then I love the way Patrick Peterson was making fun of Kyler Murray last weekend. Yeah. I know I shouldn't be crapping on Kyler Murray. But I just thought it was hilarious the way he was crapping on Kyler Murray. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go play video games. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, dang, dude, like, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Um, so you said the, uh, I'll go I'll go with the 49ers, obviously. I think the 49ers will um, they'll be there. Um, well, man, you said the Eagles. The I can't go with the Jets. I don't think the Jets are strong enough. Um I guess Dallas. Dallas is. Uh, and I don't like saying it. <laughs> I, I don't like saying it, but I think Dallas could uh, could end up being a dark horse uh, through a bowl game. I mean, they have the defense, they have the pass rush, and then what? What do you need? You need a defense to win, and you need a running game to really sustain. It. And Tony Pollard is running angry right now, so I think uh, definitely Tony Pollard would be one of those guys that uh, could carry them. But um, I think that's it. I mean, I don't really. Yeah. It's tough to really go and find other um, find other teams. The Jets are okay. You know what, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to get Jamar Chase back. I think they could go with win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't like Tennessee after what I saw last. What about night. Miami? I was thinking Tennessee Miami North. too. Miami. I don't, know. I don't know if they can sustain what they have. Their de- hey, their defense got picked apart by Justin Fields yesterday. Their defense is looking a little. They're looking a little. Justin weak, Fields yeah. has been piecing up defenses the past three Superstar. weeks. Superstar. <laughs> yeah, but it hasn't been. It hasn't been those elite defenses. It's been those those shaky kind of defenses. You know what? The only reason why I'll get Miami, uh, I'll get, I'll say yes to Miami, is just because 
uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill are just monsters, and it seems like nobody can guard them. So, yeah, I'll go with Miami. And then lastly, that's it. I, that's it. I, I, there's no other. That's five. There's no other that's Cincinnati, <laughs> Dallas, 49ers. Miami, no, no. and then who was yeah, the first team? Minnesota. 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 I would agree with Minnesota's, you. Minnesota's an, uh, an impressive seven and one. And yeah. yesterday they came back. And Kirk Cousins shirtless on the plane yes. with, with the drip. <laughs> yeah, Kirk hey, Cousins. You like that? <laughs> I hate that guy. Kirk Cousins is so good, man. I think people are sleeping on Minnesota. I said before the season they'd easily win the division. I was right on that. But like Fernando, wait, guys, Brandon, we cannot talk football without. I think Aaron Rodgers gets away with his attitude and his style of play. Well, he talk wanted about more not, money. Look what happened. Talk about not little, having heart. Little Tunche. Little Tunche. Little, <laughs> yeah, up, but uh, that was a dumb <laughs> comment. That was a dumb comment by Lil Wayne because the guy comes off of two MVP seasons. You're going to cut him yeah, after right. he's the two-time reigning MVP before this season? What was Little Wayne doing while he was tweeting? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think the main... Th- and he's, his best friend, Skip Bayless. I wonder what they were doing together. <laughs> talking about the Cowboys and stuff. No, exactly. but... Uh, but no, I, thought kind of foul. I thought that was kind of I thought that was a below-the-belt hit by Little Wayne. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been... He's been your guy for years, and all of a sudden you're going to turn on him? I mean, that's the thing. Franchises don't like doing that. The Chargers did that for years. Junior Seau got cut. The fans got pissed. Yeah. Uh, LT got cut. Fans got hit. Like they did it for years and years and years, and fans would get angry because they'd be like, "We don't know how to treat our veterans." Well, the Packers are going to be very smart with Aaron Rodgers, and they'll probably ask Aaron Rodgers after the season, "Hey, if you want to get traded, come out and say it, so that Aaron is the one that kind of, so that they can kind of take face." So I definitely think that um, I definitely think teams sometimes hold on to veterans because they don't want to look bad in front of the franchise, like saying, oh, we disrespected our veterans. So, um, but yeah, no, Aaron, Aaron's Aaron. I mean, he, he, he's won enough. He's done, he's one of the best throwers of the football uh, of all time. So I definitely, uh, but yeah, no, his, his, uh, him yelling at the, at the offensive line. and uh, It's just him and Brady are doing the same thing, but obviously Brady's always done it. Aaron kind of has an Aaron's more, um, more, uh, more Gandhi, more relaxed. Uh, uh, more, more. I think he's actually more ornery. I think he's yeah. pissy about you know <laughs> Devonte leaving and the young guys. He doesn't pull them in. He doesn't nurture. Oh yeah. So what? He's closer to forty now than twenty, and he doesn't yeah. you know know how to. Well, they have a bunch lead. of practice. He doesn't know how receivers. to lead. Yeah. So, and that's the problem. Right now, I mean, nobody feels uh, more close to Aaron Rodgers, I think, than Justin Herbert. I mean, they, they literally have only practice squad guys on there, and they try to bring in Sammy Watkins. He got hurt. They try to bring in other guys. Like, their best receiver is Randall Cobb. Well, what year are we in that Randall Cobb's your best receiver? Like, that's kind of that's kind of also the problem. But, but that's hey, his Aaron fault. Decided, <laughs> but the thing is, too, Aaron decided to sign that extension knowing that Devontae supposedly – knowing that Devontae was going to, that's what he said on the Pat McAfee show. He's going to leave. So I knew he was going to leave. I signed the contract because I believed in the team. So, um, so he decided to stay, but I, I really do think that he's going to ask for, uh, okay. for a trade season. I don't think he stays and he's not going to be, he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. He's going to want to be a part of a, of a team that's already built kind of maybe a, a New York Jets or a Giants that uh, the teams are rolling right now. Maybe they, uh, maybe he looks at one of those and goes, hey, you know what? I uh, Flag me in there, and we'd probably turn into a Super Bowl contender. 
next season. I just don't want Aaron Rodgers to get off the hook because he's got the great arm. Devontae left because Aaron Rodgers was, you know, iffy. Is he coming back? Is he retiring? Is he coming? And so Devontae was looking out for himself, as I would, too. So he needs to take some responsibility. It's not like the, you know, his team gutted. They want to support Aaron Rodgers, but... The Aaron Rodgers need to support himself is my point. You know, do yeah. do more no, I, to be I, a team leader. I completely understand. But right now, I mean, I think they're both feeling it. I think I think both of them are thinking, baby, come back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little yacht <laughs> rock. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So both of them, you know, both of them want to be uh both of them want to be together. So hey, who knows? Maybe Aaron's the one that's traded uh to the Raiders next offseason and you have Aaron and uh and Devontae back, but I definitely think they both miss each other, and especially because, and I told you guys before, there's throws that Derek, that uh, Aaron Rodgers made to Devontae that De- uh, that Derek Carr can't make and can't, can't do at all. And you can tell Devontae gets frustrated because there's certain throws that he likes that nobody else can guard him on, and that's why sometimes he goes away with only three catches for 25 yards because there's throws that Derek Carr can't make, and and uh, and and obviously Devontae gets uh, frustrated, but. Yeah, no, I'm de- I'm definitely interested. This offseason is going to be wild. I think I know we're only in week nine. I'm already talking about the offseason, but I think uh, there's going to be a lot of movement as far as quarterbacks uh, this offseason as well. Uh, Fernando, last two minutes here. I wanted to ask you because I feel like this is a central issue. Justin Herbert, you know, he hasn't had the season. I know he hasn't had the weapons. He hasn't had the season. A lot of people thought he would. The leap that many people thought he would take. Is that attributed to Brandon Staley? Is it attributed to his injury he suffered uh, against the Chiefs earlier in the season? Or is it just a lack of weapons? Because I personally have wanted to see more consistency from Justin Herbert. But what I've noticed is Brandon Staley isn't letting him throw the ball, the long ball as much. And he's having all these short passes that really don't benefit the quarterback with one of the best arms in the league. Well, if you ask Emmanuel Ocho, it's probably that he's just not good enough and he's overrated. <laughs> but I, I had to do that at Rock. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. uh, no, I, honestly, it's uh, it's just the fact that he has been hurt. I think he, I think he's more. He was more injured at a certain point than what people realized, and he just went out there like a like a like a warrior and just decided to play on it. Um, but that injury is tough. I mean, that injury makes you change the way you throw the football. It makes you um, it makes you do a lot of different things with the football and how you play your game. Justin would take off running years past when he didn't see anything down the field. This year he's not taking off running. Why? Because that injury. And remember, guys still throw themselves when you slide. Guys still throw themselves, and if they know you have hurt ribs, they'll throw themselves forearm into ribs. So Justin's not willing to. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't ask him to risk it either. And I think it's more Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi's offense. He's the one that. Uh, controls all that stuff, but the thing is, uh, also they don't have the weapons to go down the field. I mean, when Mike was in, they were going down the field. He would throw downfield to Mike, but you don't have Jalen Guyton. You don't have other guys that can really stretch the field like that. And that's why I said last off season, the Chargers need to go find receivers that can stretch the field yeah. during the um, during the uh, during different like during training camp and stuff. When Justin had fast receivers. You could tell he could put it right in the breadbasket of those receivers, and it's kind of like, oh wow! Yeah, um, I know this is. A, I know this is. A, what's it called? It's only um, for Fernando. It's only, oh, yeah. We, I have to cut you off. We're up on a break. Oh, let's, let's do this <laughs> next week. You're the best. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.